Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline DeStrumps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits who want to amplify their impact by taking the stress out of their digital marketing. Joining me in the studio today is Ann Landers, Senior Director of Marketing and Development with Junior Achievement of Arizona, and Nicole Anderson, Manager of Marketing, Communications, and Stakeholder Relations with ASU Lodestar Center for Philanthropy and Nonprofit Innovation. Whew, I made it through that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today in the studio. Excited to get to know you, ladies. Um, I assume you guys do not know each other, right? No, we don't. How exciting. So, um, yeah, sometimes when I have guests on the show, they know each other. Either I know they do, and that's why I paired them up, or sometimes they come in going, oh, I I know you. So this is exciting. So we'll all be kind of learning a little bit about um, each other's organizations here. So that's great. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. Definitely. So, um, Anne, I want to go ahead and start with you. Again, Anne is with uh, Junior Achievement of Arizona. Just tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and kind of how you landed at um, Junior Achievement? Yeah, that's a great question. And in a nutshell, I started out my career working in the marketing and advertising world and agency side. I was there for close to a decade. I always felt like something was missing. I wanted to be serving the community, doing something that was really giving back. And so I went into the nonprofit world, loved it, got honed my chops in nonprofit, working for an international organization. And then after a while, I really wanted to connect back into our local community. And so in a kind of moment of serendipity, I came over to Junior Achievement of Arizona, and I'm the first marketing director in the organization 60 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. Exciting for them that they got to the point where they could bring on a full-time marketing director for them. Absolutely. It's been fun. You know, I get to create a lot. We're pretty aggressive on some new strategies and kind of taking us to the next level. So it's been a journey and adventure for sure. Great. Well, thank you. All right. And then next, uh, Nicole, uh, same thing. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at ASU. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm a Phoenix native, born and raised. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was was one of those things where I grew up knowing I would go to ASU. Mm -hmm. Who knew that I would actually have a full career at ASU Mm -hmm. for now nearly 13 years? Um, I started out working for the Alumni Association, actually, um, after I graduated, and then moved into the uh, alumni space with um, the business school, W.P. Carey. During that time, I actually went back and got my master's degree in nonprofit leadership and management through the ASU Lodestar Center Mm -hmm. and got to know the Lodestar Center through my master's program and got to know our executive director. And then fast forward a little bit and I said, hey, I'd love to market the Lodestar Center. Mm -hmm. Let me know when something's available. And something came up and I got the job. And so now I've been there almost eight years uh, running their marketing team at the ASU Lodestar Center for Philanthropy and Nonprofit Innovation. And um, like you said, Annie, it's we had a strategy for marketing and promotions and branding and PR, but it wasn't really taken to the next level. Mm -hmm. So during my time here, we've been able to expand and have a full-time web editor and some student workers that are working on marketing. And, and really to help get um, the word out about what the ASU Lodestar Center is able to do for the nonprofit community. 
Excellent. Yeah. So again, you guys don't know each other. I knew nothing about either of those backgrounds, but it's just really interesting how you both kind of came on with your organizations as, you know, kind of a, a newer position or a position where, they, you know, the organization was really looking for somebody who could help them kind of get the word out and take, like you said, take them to the next level Absolutely. as far as their marketing goes. How long has the Lodestar Institute been around at ASU. Yeah, so the ASU Lodestar Center, we actually started um, coming up on now almost 40 years ago um, based as an American Humanics program in okay. the Tempe campus. Um, and our founding um, director, Dr. Robert Ashcraft, was there during that time, and he's been with the center through the entire career of our uh, of our um, center, but through the years we've uh, gone through some name changes. We were the Center for Nonprofit Leadership and Management. Okay, that's and what then, I knew it as. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know this isn't a brand new program no. there because right. I know it was there when I was at ASU, but I don't remember it being the, called exactly this. It, exactly, so. exactly. Um, and that was around you know the late '90s or so. And then in 2006, we got a gift from the Lodestar Foundation and went through a name change. Okay, uh, hence ASU Lodestar Center. Now, yeah. and through that that time, really since 2006 to today, we've been able to expand our own capacity as a center and really offer programs that are able to engage in that nonprofit community. So, yes, we're based at ASU, but we're so much more than that. Mm. We work with our local community, regional nonprofit sector, as well as um, national and some international work as well. Oh wow! Um, with um, some capacity building and leadership training for nonprofit executives. So we kind of do everything from undergraduate degree programs all the way up to seniors. CEO, executive director, professional development. Wow. It's, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> while we haven't met before, I can attest to their benefit for nonprofits because we've had several team members go through the Lodestar Leadership Program. Absolutely. Oh, we have one in it now. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we have um, one of our emerging leadership programs is called the American Express Leadership Academy. And I think we've had someone from Junior Achievement in the last few cohorts. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have uh, deep relationships with um, their former, former executive director, um, is with uh, being our, on our leadership council wow. and our, our advisory team. And so, um, Jacqueline, when you had said that we were paired up with Junior Achievement today, uh -huh. I was so excited. Oh, I'm good. Like, this is really a perfect pairing. <laughs> so, thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Junior Achievement? Because it's such a unique program and um, it's something that I thought I knew what it was from years ago, just from, you know, grow, I grew up in Arizona as well and mm -hmm. heard, heard a lot about junior achievement. Um, and then we actually, um, I'm part of the 100 plus women who care rally, the sun. Oh, yes. And one of our members, I believe in our Scottsdale group had nominated junior achievement. And part of that process, when they come to a meeting, they actually get to give a five minute if they're chosen randomly out of the hat. They get to give a presentation about the charity they nominated. And she got up and started talking about junior achievement. And I thought, I did not know that. So, hmm. so yeah, share with us, uh, what is junior achievement? What, what do you do? So at a 30,000 foot level, we are preparing 80,000 students across Arizona every year to succeed in work and life. What does that really mean? We're giving them the critical education they need in money management and work readiness and entrepreneurship thinking. We're giving them the hard skills they might need, but also those really, really necessary transferable soft skills. We're helping them make sure that they know how to what it's going to mean to have a job. We're exposing them to careers. We're helping them understand what it means to budget and be able to um, make wise financial decisions. We're also helping them think critically in whatever environment they're in, entrepreneurially, if they're starting their own business mm -hmm. or 
they think like that within their own environment, right? I get to do that every day. Even though we've been around 60 years, I get to kind of think like an entrepreneur and think outside the box. And we're giving kids those skills. The real magic behind what we do is our volunteers. It Mm -hmm. takes about 8,000 people in the community to deliver our programs every year. And that means that the volunteers are going in, delivering our curriculum, and they're really giving their real world experience to the students. And that's kind of, that's what really makes the magic for the kids. They're connecting those dots between everything they learn in the classroom and what that means for the real world. And then it kind of sets them on their way to see their potential and then the skills they need to reach that potential. Right, right. And so with this program, is it something that um, they are part of in school? Is it after school? Is it summer? How does that work as far as where are they leaving campus to go to your one of your programs? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> the majority of our programs, though, are in partnership with schools. We okay. partner with about 400 schools across the state, kindergarten through 12th grade. Oh, okay. In some formats, we are sending volunteers directly into the classroom and they maybe take over the classroom for the day and teach an entire program or they're teaching a program over the course of five to seven weeks for about an hour each time. Right. We also have a suite of experiential programs. The one most notable a lot of people know of is our JA BizTown. Oh, okay. Where we have fourth and fifth and sixth graders from uh-huh. across the state drive over to our campus in Tempe and they actually take over this student-sized town and they become the adults for the day. They have jobs, they get paid, they have responsibilities. There's a town mayor that runs it all. It is the most organized chaos you will ever see. <laughs> but these students is powerful. If you haven't been down there, I welcome you to come take a tour. These these kids are getting a feel for what it will be in adulthood. And it's not uncommon that at the end of the day, you hear, oh my gosh, now I know why my parents are so tired. <laughs> or oh my gosh, my parents work really, really hard mm-hmm. to get us what we need. And yeah. and that potential I talked about, you get to see students who say, hey, I was the CFO today and that was really cool, but I saw what that CEO did <laughs> and I can do that and I want to do that. Right, and right. So, um, so that's just one of the experiential programs. We have several others, mostly um, more catered towards high school students who are giving them those real world experiences of what it's like to network or interview mm-hmm. or um, run a stock market challenge, things like that. <laughs> yeah. I love how hands-on it is. And as you were saying, connects the dots. So it's different from just what you're going to read in your textbook or what you need to know to finish your homework or get past that test. It's something that they can then put into a real world experience. And it makes such a big difference. Well, and that's the that's the magic. That's what I love is that we're augmenting everything teachers are doing in the mm-hmm. classroom. They are doing heavy, important work that many of us wouldn't be equipped to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so community partners and volunteers can come alongside those teachers and really say, what is what is the um, importance of these things these students are learning and and give those next level skills. And so then these kids are realizing, hey, I can do this for myself or these are the type of jobs I can do. And it's a really powerful thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. And you said that's one of, somebody can come down and take a look at the, at the biz town. Yeah. Is that something that runs, you said it's for the day, but mm-hmm. is it something that runs every day or is it just certain times throughout the year? So our JA Biztown program runs essentially every school day. Oh, so okay. we have, it's one school comes 
really once a year. Oh, okay. So they bring their fourth, fifth, or sixth graders right. once a year. And so almost every school day we have wow. students and they're from a different school running it. It's typically about a four to five hour simulation where they've prepared for 14 hours in the classroom before. Okay. They're learning all those skills. They're putting together their business plans and interviewing for their jobs and getting ready to manage their personal um, bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And then they come and put those skills to the test. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, so I'm happy to give anyone a tour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so who do you have as far as like volunteers that are helping out with that? Like maybe that particular program are they um, are they people from the business community that are helping out in that situation or? It's a mixture. I would Mm -hmm. say probably about half of our volunteers in that program specifically are parent volunteers. Right. In fact, it's very popular where a lot of schools have to do a lottery. So, you know, to see which parents. (laughs) We also serve primarily low-income students. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, perhaps those parents um, maybe don't have the opportunity to take off of work that day. So we have a lot of volunteers from the business community or general community, too, who come in and provide that volunteer experience for the students that day. So it might be large corporations, small businesses, one-offs. It's all over. It, it's a it's a heavy lift to have 8,000 people come do it every year. So, Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, Nicole, one of the things that I really liked when I was uh, learning more, again, I, I knew about the Lodestar Center maybe just from, but it being under different names, like you mentioned, sure. it's changed over time. But um, when I was relearning about Lodestar Center in a preparation for having you on the show today, one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I actually just copied it word for word because I loved it so much. <laughs> and I guess, I, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a mission statement or uh, or what it is from you, but it mentioned the center focuses on advancing nonprofit leaders and philanthropists to realize a community's highest aspirations. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Well, mm-hmm. I do know what it was, but it, <laughs> just something about that just really stuck out to me. How how does the center work in that way? I guess yeah, you know, no, how does sure. it work that? Yeah, so we've uh, we've evolved throughout the years mm-hmm. as we've been able to um, take on more programming. And honestly, as the needs of the community has changed, so does the center, right? right? We expand and contrast based on what uh, the needs are and what people are coming to us with um, that they need our help with. At, at our core, honestly, we accelerate social impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this movement in the nonprofit sector that maybe we won't be named in the nonprofit sector forever, right? We're a social sector. We're, we're change agents. We are employed at these 501c3s, if you will, uh, to, to do better and to change our communities. So the, non- the ASU Lodestar Center, um, at our core, we help build the capacity of nonprofit organizations, as well as the leaders and managers that are leading those nonprofits. So I like to look at our center in two ways. One, we're impacting the actual individual, the staffer that's, you know, frontline, the volunteer manager that's working hard to, to, to manage those 8,000 volunteers, <laughs> yeah. you say it, at JA. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have the individual training. And then we have the organizational development component to our center. So think of any nonprofit as an organizational level, they need to take their org maybe to the to the next step in their their nonprofit cycle. Maybe they have a an ED that is phased out or founding ED that is no longer going to be leading the charge. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be new leaders um, coming in. We need to onboard them. We need to maybe go through some board governing training, some capacity building training, social impact training, any any of their programs that they feel that they need some, some little help with. 
right. we can we can help them with that. Yeah. Um, and so it's really just two levels, individual and org, and how to bring them up to be uh, the best, highest functioning nonprofit that they can be. Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, places where, well, any organization, whether it's a for-profit or a nonprofit, where they struggle is they know where they want to go, right. but how do they get there? And how do they get there but still maintain their day-to-day? Absolutely. Like, how do you still, mm-hmm. you know, we know we need to get to, you know, 10,000 volunteers or we need to expand to another program within our organization. But also while we're doing that, by the way, we have to maintain what we have. So it's as far as Lodestar, because I know sure. there's a lot of research base behind, you know, what you guys are doing Absolutely. as well. So instead of trying to struggle or reinvent the wheel on your own, what a great resource for them to to pull on. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we like to think ourselves as being the most accessible way for a nonprofit to, to you know, find the help that they need, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we're part of ASU, but we really have our doors wide open to the community. A lot of people think that because we are part of ASU, you know, we receive tuition dollars to run our mm-hmm. center. No, we operate exactly like a 501c3. We, re- we rely on individual philanthropists, private dollars to help fund our center. Uh, and with that, you know, we operate just like our peers do out in the community. And many times, you know, these nonprofits, they don't know what they don't know, right? right? And so say they, um, maybe they re- received a grant that has very specific criteria on that they need to execute mm-hmm. XYZ program. All right, when they sit down to actually start doing that, maybe they don't really know what they're doing or right. how to make that um, that program come to fruition. We can help them with, mm-hmm. with that process. We have a center uh, within the Lodestar Center called the Nonprofit Management Institute, which uh, since 1993 actually has been hosting a various nonprofit certificates for the professional. Um, And I like to say that in a sense of you don't have to be a degree-seeking student at ASU to enroll. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, That's a big myth. You know, people think, oh, ASU, you know, I need to enroll first and become a student before I can take some of these courses. No, these are built for the everyday working nonprofit professional. Courses range anywhere from, you know, 300 to 350 at a time dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you take one. And you can take two, take three, and before you know it, you've taken five or six or eight, depending on the certificate program, and you have a nonprofit Mm. certificate that you can add to your resume, that you can add to your portfolio of knowledge. Also, the networking that you experience when you're in in the classroom learning with other nonprofit peers that are, you know, working hard just like you are. So there's so much value, I think, in professional development and continuing education training for our sector that these nonprofits often don't have the budget or it's not top of mind for mm-hmm. them to um, think is important for their next fiscal year goals. But honestly, it is. Right. You know, if they would invest in their staff to go through some of these programs, especially at the organizational change mm-hmm. level, think of what could happen for their nonprofit. Yeah. And you point out the networking alone. Huge. I mean, $300, $350 for a certificate program, but then just the opportunity to meet those other, those other nonprofit peers and it opens up the doors for, you know, possibility of maybe collaborating mm-hmm. or, you know, at least having some resources. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I have, I talk to a nonprofit and they say, well, you know, these are the types of volunteers we're looking for, or these are the types of folks that we serve. If that doesn't fit you, then we have these other resources and they know of other organizations out there. And so what a great way for them to even just have that opportunity to 
to meet up. I mean, just, you know, even if they were to join a professional organization to do that, just that networking alone, it would cost that much. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just launched our, another cohort of our executive leadership certificate. It launched in January and we were pretty much doing it every January. And that's a higher level certificate. It's really based for those that are executive directors, C-suite managers and above. But I, I mentioning that because of what you just said about networking, Mm -hmm. It's often a cohort about 12 to 15 executive directors. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, and some of them may be brand new to their role. Others could be seasoned veterans. And think of the dialogue that unveils itself through those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really the commitment is only, you know, uh, a few classes a month. And before you know it, after four or five months, you, you've received your certificate. And and uh, Dr. Cindy Thede, who runs the Nonprofit Management Institute at our center, that's the number one thing that she talks about is that power of networking from those that enroll in her her curriculum. Um, and so we're fortunate that we have that as part of our portfolio of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I do want to go back to what you mentioned about research. We are leading the research in the nonprofit sector, at least here locally. Um, you know, research isn't a very sexy thing, if you will, <laughs> and, and, and philanthropists often don't want to invest in research. But guess what? The research is what funds the knowledge of our community, oh, right? Absolutely. And so we're lucky that we've been able to, to do several studies throughout our history, and we're coming up on launching um, our next study on compensation benefits for, for both hmm. uh, Maricopa County and Pima County. We've, we launch it every three years, and this will be, I think, our sixth edition of us releasing this study. And so we're going to be going through a process of soliciting nonprofits to fill out the survey, yeah. right? Because the more nonprofits that fill it out, the better, the more rich that data set will be when we go to publish it later this year. Um, so we're excited about that. And I, I know our, our nonprofit uh, community colleagues are as well, because I feel like my phone is ringing every other day with another nonprofit saying, when are you going to release the study? Oh, yeah, wow. So we're so excited about this um, coming up. And we're, we're obviously looking for support from the community to help keep research moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So touching on that leadership and collaboration and going back to junior achievement, um, what are some of the things that students have said that they've gotten out of um, experiencing junior achievement? And what has that done, I guess, maybe for their building, I guess, our leaders, you know, leaders of tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could tell you story after story after story. Um, But before I do, let me just share a couple of the statistics from our research that we know. So at our national level, JA Junior Achievement USA has done some third-party assessments of our program impact to say, are we really doing what we say we're doing? And and just a couple of things that we know, we know that they are um, significantly more likely to go on and get a bachelor's degree and even more likely to go on and get an advanced degree. They earn on average 20% more than the general population They have higher level critical thinking skills. We know that our volunteers are that magic. So for instance, one in three students goes into the career field that they learned about from their volunteer. And one in five of our students will actually go into the career field of our volunteer. Oh, wow. So 20% of the students that I talk to in a classroom are highly likely to go into marketing, right? Yeah, that's a big deal, (laughs) you know. Um, But in terms of impact, it depends on the program. I can give you a million examples. But one that comes to mind is our JER Hired program. It's top of mind because it's happening March 7th. So mm-hmm. if you don't have anything on your calendar in the morning, mm-hmm. we need volunteers. I think about this this young woman named Diamond who she participated and she really 
prior to participating in the program and learning about work readiness and interviewing and resume and dressing for success, she had applied for, I think, over 40 jobs Mm. locally, and she didn't get a single call back. So she went through our program, competed in the challenge, and the next day got a job at Safeway after applying that night. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's a really specific look at that actionably. And it blows my mind. But building on that same program, I think about a young girl named Mary. She participated and we didn't know at the time that she had a six-month-old boy. She was a junior in high school. Mm. First woman in her family to ever even graduate high school. Oh, wow. And she went on to get an internship with a local um, public college. (laughs) And she's worked for them for about 12 years, has gotten her degree and believes so deeply in the impact of that program on her life and Mm -hmm. how it made her successful that she actually says she's moving her son to a school that has a junior achievement program specifically for that purpose. Yeah. Those are just two examples. I could tell you about times where students actually teach their parents how to budget. Yeah. And they were able to earn um, their allowance for the first time because his mom was able to pay off her bills that month. There's so many amazing experiences that would just wow you over and over again. Right, right. And what was that? March 7th, you yeah, said? So what type of- March 7th, it's JA You're Hired. It's at the Phoenix Convention Center. Our greatest need for volunteers is that we have about 500 high schoolers who are going to come and compete, and we need 300 professionals to come and network with them. Oh, wow. And really help these kids get that experience where they have to come in, and the networkers don't make it easy, right? <laughs> they, they teach these kids what it's like. Yeah. And then we've heard many instances where kids have gone on to get internships and jobs just from the people they've met in that room. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's daunting for them. They open up those doors, and 500 kids pile in, and those kids, their eyes, they're high schoolers, right? Yeah. They're about to go into the real world, and yeah. their eyes are are huge and they're awestruck and then they walk away and you can see that confidence an hour later where they they think i've got this mm-hmm. i can do this and it's not that big of a deal yeah so oh definitely yeah so we need volunteers um you could sign up at jaaz.org slash j-a-y-h that's j-a you're hired so j-a-y-h we need them and so uh, oh that's join us. exciting yeah. yeah well when you said you said we open up the doors and then you know they they come at you i was thinking me as a volunteer, I'd be like, ah, here comes 500 <laughs> high schoolers. Not, oh, there's 300 professionals. I'd be like, whoa, there's 500 high schoolers. <laughs> so imagine yourself in a classroom saying that to those kids, though, because yeah. for them, there's this whole mystifying component to what that future looks right. like. And when they hear somebody like you, an accomplished professional, Say, being a real human being, yeah. <laughs> they realize, oh, it's totally attainable and I can do this. Uh-huh. So that's a perfect example of where that magic happens. Oh, yeah. So thanks for doing my job. Oh. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. And then I I guess I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, I guess, kind of how the, it just happened to work out that the two of you, you know, coming in today, the synergy there was, I was just thinking, you know, the types of skills that they're learning through junior achievement and, you know, feeling that confidence, feeling confident in themselves. And then, you know, just taking on maybe a leadership role, like you said, somebody Mm -hmm. has one role that day at BizTown, but they're like, hey, I just saw that CEO and I can do that now too. Could you imagine at that age being, having said that, I can't imagine, I don't know, I don't know that I would have been able to say that, but then moving on in life and then, you know, having that opportunity then at something like Lodestar Center to just carry on, just Mm -hmm. carry on those skills and to um, improve on their leadership, learn what that really looks like, and then just learning the impact that that has 
on the community. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I see the whole timeline as you're unveiling it, you know, I mean, what they're learning at JA and then taking back, including those business skills, those are critical in the nonprofit oh, sector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those hard skills, soft skills, all of the above, the ability to ask for a gift, I mean, yeah. that's, that's not an easy thing to do, no. but also knowing the impact of what that gift would be from that philanthropist, that individual needs to know how to how to say that effectively. And so through some of our programming, they learn how to do that. Um, so, yeah, I can absolutely yeah. see kind of the timeline of, you know, they start here and go here. And before we know it, they're going to be an, an ED, right. you know, running a absolutely. nonprofit. Yeah. yeah, we have a we have another program coming up that is called JA's 18 Under 18. We'll be announcing them on April 13th. And I can tell you from the semifinalists that several of them are already running the equivalent of a nonprofit or community project. I actually thought that exact thing last night when I was looking over some of these. I was thinking, we're literally seeing the future leaders of Arizona, these change makers Mm -hmm. who are going to start their own nonprofits or they're going to be doing their own research or they're going to be curing diseases through their own self-initiated efforts. And I fully expect to see their names on the Lodestar rosters in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so for students that are going to ASU, yeah. what types of opportunities they do they have to be part of Lodestar? Oh, absolutely. So we obviously have degree programs. We right. have both an undergraduate degree in nonprofit leadership and management, um, also a master's degree that I mentioned earlier um, when I went through it. Now, uh, now we offer that online, too. So we're even oh. more accessible. It's not just oh, nice. individuals from Phoenix or greater Maricopa County that it can enroll in the programs. They can be anywhere in the mm-hmm. world. Another thing, too, is is the undergraduate program. We have something, a program called the Nonprofit Leadership Alliance, which is a national alliance, if you will, but we are one of the campus hosts. Okay. And so students um, have an interest in the nonprofit sector, even if they're not majoring in a nonprofit degree. Mm-hmm. They can enroll in the Nonprofit Leadership Alliance Student Association and eventually work their way through almost like a minor would be. Okay. It's a, it's a certificate program. Right. And if they do internship hours, work, you know, at a nonprofit, take a um, fundraising undergraduate class, you know, go through these components, before they know it, they will officially be a certified nonprofit professional. Oh, wow. And so these undergraduate students can add that you know, like I said, to their resume. Mm-hmm. And so when they're entering the workforce and trying to get a job, not only do they have an undergraduate degree from Arizona State University, they right. are also a certified nonprofit professional. Mm-hmm. So Ann Kotleva in our center manages that program. Mm-hmm. And we are one of the highest performing sites in the country just because it's such a it's such a deeply ingrained program at our center. Right. And, I mean, that's what we were founded as American Humanics. And through the years, the American Humanics program became the Nash, uh, nonprofit Leadership Alliance, if mm-hmm. you will. So we're really lucky to have that program underneath the ASU Lodestar Center. And um, every every year, anywhere from 15 to 20 undergraduate students go through their own fundraising campaign. Oh, wow. And not going to lie, I'm nervous <laughs> for them sometimes <laughs> because, you know, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. Yep. Knocking on the doors of some of the highest, you know, philanthropists in the city mm-hmm. and asking for a gift to help fund their trip to a national conference. Oh, wow. And every year they meet their goal and they exceed it. And it's just phenomenal what they're able to do. And they just they just went um, this last January and came back and a couple of the students presented and just seeing what they learned from that experience. Um, also, they now 
are not as afraid, if you will, to ask for some gifts yeah. and think of that skill set that they can now take once they graduate and start their work in the nonprofit community. It's pretty remarkable, the transformation that our students go through. So from the undergraduate level to our graduate degree program, we're lucky that um, ASU has these programs here in our backyard. Oh, definitely. Yeah. In fact, our master's program, when I went through it, I, I think it was number 40 in number 40 to get that degree, mm-hmm. right? Now we have nearly, I want to say 400 that have got, gotten the master's oh, degree. Wow. But we were the first in the country to devote a master's degree to nonprofit leadership and management. And now there's several colleges and higher education institutions that are offering that program. But I'm like, no, ASU, we're innovative. We're first. <laughs> I know. Number I one. Know. And it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. And touching on that innovation, I mean, because I know oh. that's ASU's, you know, really big, big push right now is just how it's been recognized lately as far as, you know, an institute of innovation. And just looking at when you were talking about, you know, the, the, um, opportunities just even for certificates for students, even if it's not their, their major or whatever. Moving on later in life into, you know, an entrepreneurial, uh, I guess, path mm-hmm. um, and looking at social uh, enterprises and um, social entrepreneurism in the, these days, you know, a lot of people out there leaving college to start those organizations that are going to mm-hmm. make an impact and mm-hmm. that are going to um, change the way that things are done in communities through business and with nonprofits. And oh. also you're preparing future board members, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So they might even go in traditional corporate right. arena, but mm-hmm. they're but the board members are arguably just as important as the staff themselves, mm-hmm. right? So I mean they are. (laughs) And so even if they don't go into nonprofit, you're preparing those board members. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, that's a great point. And and including just at the corporate level, uh, so many organizations nowadays are having um, an entire unit devoted to corporate social responsibility, Mm -hmm. CSR. And that's our space too. I mean, we help inform those um, corporations on how to execute those programs um, because they need to consider the nonprofit sector and the impact that they could have on their immediate community around that corporation. Uh, And it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And including, yeah, like you mentioned, the board members. I mean, our board governance training program has been one of our longest standing uh, training programs for professionals in the sector. And it's always literally life changing for these board members to go through. They go through with um, their president of the organization, as well as the board chair and then select board members. And they come to us with their problems. Mm-hmm. And of course, I can't talk about those on air, but it, it's, <laughs> we've seen it all, uh-huh. you know, um, uh-huh. we've seen it all. And we've been able to literally change the direction of these nonprofits um, based on the, the way the board can govern the organization. And they're smarter. They make better decisions. They ask better questions. They demand um, numbers of impact from the organization. And it makes them think in a different way. And we're excited about that. Yeah, because it really does, you know, I was thinking this even earlier when we were talking about, you know, whether they are leaving to go on to be a nonprofit professional or even if they're just leaving, uh, you know, to move on and become, you know, on the board or whatever that may be. It takes a lot more than just having some passion. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we see nonprofits are started because somebody just has a great passion for for one thing or another. And then they just and then they sit there and they're stagnant and they don't really, you know, wonder why 
oh my gosh, how come nobody wants to give me money? We have such a great cause. And it does take more (laughs) than that. You know, it takes, and it has to be run like a business. And so, and when you're looking at adding a board, especially coming from somebody, I've been on boards before where I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I love this. uh, I love this cause. I love what you're doing, but why am I here? Because this doesn't, I didn't just join to put this on my LinkedIn profile. (laughs) You know, so I love when I hear somebody else also talking about, you know, the benefits of what that looks like as far as the the board training goes. Absolutely. I mean, passion is what drives you to apply for that role or to say yes when the president of the organization invites you to the board. You're passionate about it. Yeah, sign me up. Yep. I'm there, right? I mean, I serve on boards too. And and the passion starts your journey volunteering for that nonprofit. But then what is in it for you, right? And so many nonprofits aren't engaging their board in the most effective way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not one board meeting should be wasted ever. It's an opportunity to engage them in your missions, an opportunity to be your own fundraisers out in the community, especially those that work for corporations that have a wide network. Right. Mm-hmm. Use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we help inform them how to do that, you know, effectively um, and also how to kind of wrap that up and, and tell their story of their nonprofit in a better way. We have a certificate program that is all about your social impact, right? And so that's huge right now. We want the nonprofit to be able to tell their story better and show those impact numbers. Yes. And JA has that down pat, which is great. <laughs> oh, but so many organizations right, don't. Right. You know? true. They, true. they can't, you know, it goes back to the old elevator pitch, right? Mm-hmm. It, but now it's true impact numbers. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Because you need to wrap those numbers in something. Absolutely. You, you know, you uh, going back to what I said, you can't just say we're such a great organization. We've helped we've helped 80,000 students. So you should give us some money. Right. <laughs> there needs to be a little bit more because guess Absolutely. what? There's other there's going to be somebody else out there who's who has that is, is going to say something to the effect yeah. as well. Absolutely. And that I mean, that's great that there's so many successful organizations out there. But when you're looking at connecting with who you Mm -hmm. really want to be. You don't want them to just be a donor that one time and then never think of you again. Yeah. You want them to... To become uh, part of the family. Become part of the Mm -hmm. family. And somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to move on and say... Every year I give so much to junior achievement and this is why I do it. Mm -hmm. And and have that influence maybe somebody else or have them say, oh, you know what? I didn't even know that that existed. Thanks for sharing that with me. Makes your job a little bit easier. (laughs) How... You started off by saying Junior Achievement of Arizona has been around for 60 years. What do you kind of attribute that to? You know, that it's been been around for so long. I think that Junior Achievement is one of the is an organization that is kind of filling one of the greatest needs of the community is really giving those specific skills that these students are going to need in adulthood, no matter what avenue they pursue, even whatever career they pursue or hobbies or whatever their family dynamic looks like, they are going to need to know how to manage their money and to budget and live within their means. And they're also going to need to know those transferable skills, even if it's in a traditional work environment or otherwise, they're going to need that. So I think there's always going to be a need. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be kids who are going to grow up to be adults and while we're very, very proud of the fact that we're serving 80,000 students, the reality is there's still another 1.1 million students K through 12 in Arizona who aren't getting our programs right now. So we're proud of that number. We're also not sitting back saying, okay, we're doing enough. The right. reality is right. 
We want to be doing more. And nonprofits are, are only limited by the resources made available to them. And so we get a bad, nonprofits get a bad rap sometimes about the fact that we're nonprofit, like you alluded to, Nicole. Mm-hmm. But we run more efficiently a lot of times than a lot of businesses <laughs> do. And we're running, I mean, because of our volunteer time and effort, we're saving about $3 million in resources a year of what it would cost us to deliver that program to 80,000 students. And so we run efficiently. We're proud of that number and we want to keep growing that over time. We know that students are going to continue to need this and education is going to change. I'm sure you guys are considering those same things at Lodestar. Mm -hmm. We're looking at what is the way the future that students are going to be learning? Is it going to be primarily technology driven? Is it going to be in the home? A lot of people speculate that they're going to be doing more in the home and less in a traditional classroom setting. What are the dynamics going to look like with a teacher or a volunteer and the students? And so we're looking at that and evolving our programs right now. Even our JA Town, like I talked about, Mm -hmm. is going to look more like a smart city. And the next year and in the years to come, it's going to look more like we think that our actual community will look like and the way that people will interact with one another. Right. And how long, I can't remember if you mentioned this, how long has the JA BizTown been around? Has that been something from like the core of what you, what um, JA started with or? So JA actually started a hundred years ago this year on the East Coast. Wow. It only came to Arizona 60 years ago. Only. And only, <laughs> only. I know, I know. That's a long legacy for us yeah. to be proud of. And so we started with what was called the company program where there were local entrepreneurs or local business men and women who would come and partner with a high school group and help them start their own company and sell their product or service. We started outside of the classroom. And then really in the 70s, we introduced our programs into the classroom, actually at Blackboard time and engaging with the students in their traditional setting. And we grew that program through kindergarten through 12th grade throughout those years. Our experiential programs really were introduced starting with J.A. Biztown in about 2001. We built our first facility. And then quickly we realized that the demand for that program specifically was out of our capacity. (laughs) So we built our second one, the same facility in 2009. That program, we have about 25,000 students who come through that a year. Lots more want it. (laughs) Yeah. And so so we have about 25,000 there, and then we have about 4,000 who come through another program on site called JA Finance Park. And that's more about the micro personal budgeting, family budgeting, and learning about how to apply some of the opportunities and avoid some of the pitfalls of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So who are some of your um, big partners then that, you know, kind of help you out in these, like with the finance? Are there certain, are there Anybody locally that partners with you? Yeah, yeah. So from a a financial side, we partner with individuals and businesses in the community Mm kind of across the board. So it could be an individual who perhaps like yourselves or a volunteer that came in and said, hey, I really buy into this. I want to take advantage of my tax credit. (laughs) Or we have really large corporate partnerships as well. We just did an event at the Suns Arena that's uh, partnered with Mass Mutual. And that's uh, all it's called Future Smart. It's teaching six and seventh graders all about the personal um, financial side of things and planning for the long term. We partner with lots, pretty much most of the big names that you see. Mm -hmm. um, We either do or would like to partner (laughs) with, but really anyone can make a difference at any level. And it just takes one person to change the the future of an entire classroom of students. So what are some of those other, like maybe from a community standpoint, what are some volunteer opportunities? Really, it depends on what your interest would be. A lot of times we have people who come in and say, hey, I have a student that's in this grade and I'm interested in that or a grandchild or 
So we'll partner them based on their interest. If it's a fourth grade in the West Valley, we'll do our best to find something that meets that need. We also partner with a lot of companies who come in and they say, hey, we want to make this a, a part of our CSR strategy, right? And so they come in and they take over a school for a day. And so it might be American Express is taking over a school for the day or um, lots of ASU people actually come through. So, So we partner with schools sometimes that take over a school or also those 300 people that come to our JE are hired. It's, it's, the volunteering opportunities are kind of endless, honestly. Yeah. And we will find one that, that works for you. <laughs> um, we also have lots of volunteer committees who help with some of our events. Oh, so fun. we okay. have another event next Friday called Bottles for BizTown. It's in our BizTown. And so if you have no plans, mm-hmm. come and check it out. We have committees who help plan that and really are the sole responsibility for making them a success, which is another example of nonprofit efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. We don't take exclusively staff time to plan those. We say, hey, you guys are passionate and you have your networks yep. and you can really make this successful for us. And let me tell you, those volunteers and committees, they show up. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And yeah. They, make, they make the win for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, there's definitely people out there. I, I think that some uh, professional skills of volunteers are underutilized a lot of the times, mm-hmm. especially when you see them, you know, oh, we have this volunteer opportunity to come in and I mean, everybody dreads the, you know, stuff envelopes or you know, something sure. to that effect. And it's, you know, they really are. I mean, it, it takes a specific um, type of person to make that kind of commitment, but they are out there. I mean, yeah. and obviously you you are you know, proof positive of that with <laughs> the with using you in those sense with the uh, events, yeah. event planning, and because that does take a lot of work. Event planning, it sure does. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> and from the program side of things, we actually will train you. We give you everything you need. We'll Ooh, train you for about an hour and a half, yeah. and then we set up all the logistics for you. And you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. You just have to show up and be vulnerable and share your experience with those kids. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what what makes it happen and what makes that impact. I've seen time and time and time again where these kids are just odd and inspired just by having somebody come into their classroom and say, you can do it. Look, right. I did it. Right. Here are the mistakes I made. Here are the things that surprised me. And here are the things I'm really proud of. And that's that's really what kind of hits home for those kids. Yeah. I just love that you're giving them the exposure, like you said earlier, you're giving them that exposure to maybe, you know, positions, businesses, career choices that they may not have ever even thought about before. Yeah. You know, maybe they see a somebody on, maybe they're watching a specific TV show or something and they see a CEO, but they don't think, oh, but that's, you know, that's on TV. That's not me. I couldn't do that. You know, and being able to give them that actual experience. Yeah. And that's incorporated into all of our grade levels. One instance I can think of is that I was teaching, we get the opportunity of staff to get to teach occasionally so that we can kind of, you know, stay plugged into what we actually are passionate about. And so I was teaching at a low low income school in the West Valley last year and there were seventh graders. Several of them were, uh, maybe English was their second language in the classroom. And I remember I was teaching this one specific lesson where you kind of, if you were to imagine, you hang up this big poster on the board, it's colorful, and it's this big circle that's cut up into pie charts. And within that, there's 50 to 100 different career names that are in each of those kind of career clusters. And you do these activities that are volunteer led, but the students are really interactive where they're 
getting a chance to look and feel and and read about and experience what these jobs entail. And then you have them each write their name on a post-it. And then one by one, they go up and they tell the class something that they were really excited about and what maybe caught their eye. And then they put their post-it up there. And I love it because those kids walk away, not only with that new career exposure, thinking of new jobs, but also in that quick moment, they can see how it all works together and how those 30 different jobs all over that map really demonstrate what our community looks like or what makes our world tick and, yeah. and how we all need one another. It's a really mm-hmm. cool experience. Kind of like a business ecosystem. or Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or the world though, right? Right, and right. So, you know, they're creating consumer goods and healthcare services mm-hmm. and um, professional services. Anyway, it's just a really beautiful picture. Yeah. So. Oh, great. Well, definitely. So, I wanted to talk a little bit because you did mention as far as, you know, volunteering, getting involved in that sense. But as far as monetarily, <laughs> um, donations, if um, we're coming up on it's, you know, it's tax season. If people are wanting to make donations, is there is words? What am I looking for? The tax credits and yes, things like that yes. that are coming up. Yes. So we are fortunate because we serve primarily low-income students. Mm -hmm. We've been approved by the state of Arizona to be an eligible nonprofit for one of the buckets called the Qualifying Charitable Organization Credit. You might have known it from years in the past called the Working Poor Tax Mm -hmm. Credit. What that means is that you have the opportunity. If you have an Arizona tax liability, you can donate up to $400 per person or $800 per married couple filing together. You can donate that to Junior Achievement. You can make the difference in 24 students' lives. You can literally change their future with that tax credit. And then you get it back dollar for dollar from the state on your refund. How easy is that? So yeah. you have an opportunity to make that immediate impact in our community and decide where your dollars are going to go. And then you get the peace of mind of saying, I changed a classroom full of students with my $800 that I got back. Right. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Pretty powerful. So yeah, really yeah. exciting. Um, so we're going to be wrapping up here a little bit, but I do want to make sure that um, we get out information. If somebody is interested in ASU Lodestar Center, what do they need to do? Where should they go? Sure. So we have a lot of different ways that you can be engaged with us. Um, Say you're a nonprofit organization, you're looking for maybe some part-time temporary help. We have a program called Public Allies Arizona that places um, opportunity youth at nonprofits that are paid a stipend, both matched by the organization, but also by um, Public Allies National. So if you're an organization that's listening right now that has uh, a project that has been shelved and you want to take it off the shelf and give it some life and inspire a young person between the ages of 18 and 24 to do that work for you and get some real world experience, then reach out to us. Um, We would love to get you and your organization uh, officially on board as a partner organization with our Public Allies program. You might be hearing from me. I would love that. (laughs) I was thinking that. Um, Really, it's it's an amazing program. Um, We are one of, uh, obviously, the national sites here. We have a cohort of anywhere from 25 to 35, upwards of 40 of some years of these opportunity youth that are placed. And it is phenomenal, the work that they're able to do at the nonprofits. Mm. Um, It's really, really transformational. So yes, we would love to have an ally place with JA. And so you would just go to um, publicallies.asu.edu. And that's part of the Lodestar Center. Um, So that's one opportunity. Another one is we're always looking for um, individuals that are leading nonprofits that have a passion to teach to perhaps be an instructor for us in our nonprofit management institute. 
We have a wonderful array of uh, professionals that teach for us now that are in the community working in the work that they actually teach for us. Um, so it's an opportunity for individuals to stay connected to. They're almost our volunteers, but they actually do get paid. <laughs> um, and that's the best part because as a uh, student or you know working adult going through the program, you know that your instructor is actually someone that's doing the mm-hmm. work that they're teaching. Right. Right. It's just, you know, I hate to say it, they're not just a professor. They're yeah. actually an executive director. Director sure. or a CFO that's teaching the finance mm-hmm. class, or they are a CPA um, that actually can help you change the way you do accounting at your organization. Right. Um, so that's there's that opportunity. Also, if you're listening and you you work in a nonprofit organization and you're looking for that professional development training, enroll in our or apply for our American Express Leadership Academy. Um, we're one of the premier leadership academies in the in Phoenix. Um, but if our our niche is you have to be a nonprofit professional. Mm-hmm. So while there's other leadership organizations that are phenomenal as well in the Valley, if you work at a 501c3 and you're looking for that next leg up, maybe you want to advance in your your position where you are now, or maybe you're looking to apply elsewhere and really take your your professional expertise to the next level, consider applying for American Express Leadership Academy. It's less than $1,000. It's a 10-month program, and you get executive coaching included with that. Oh, wow. As well as um, we take them through a 360-degree evaluation process, which if you haven't gone through that, it's quite an exercise really to enlighten you on your leadership style and how you could be a better leader for yourself as well as for your organization. At the same time, I mentioned all this, and I could talk for hours about (laughs) every one of our other programs, but I'll leave with this that we actually do nonprofit convenings and conferences. So we have two a year. One is coming up March 1st in Tucson. It's um, a full day of workshops and um, exciting keynote speakers. We're going to be taken through improv exercise and how oh. to be a better leader. Oh, wow. Um, so if you're in southern Arizona and want to join us on March 1st, you can uh, join us. And we actually do have a fair amount of Phoenix uh, individuals that make the drive yeah. to Tucson as well. And then um, in the fall, we will be doing our 27th annual nonprofit conference. Wow. And we have upwards of 350 to 400 nonprofit professionals, business leaders, philanthropists, funders in the room, engaging in workshops and learning from each other. And again, the power of networking. Mm. Um, there's something to be said for being in the room, looking into the whites of eyes of your peers that are doing the same work that you're doing. You know, we could easily take an online workshop or a webinar or something over our lunch hour and log in and learn something for 60 minutes. But but at the same time, imagine a full day devoted to your professional development in the sector. So we believe in the power of convening still in person. And so here we go. We're in 27th year. We're going to do it again. So <laughs> that is, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, just go to our website if anyone's interested. It's just lodestar, L-O-D-E-S-T-A-R dot A-S-U dot E-D-U. And you'll see everything that I've mentioned and then some. Great. Thank you so much, Nicole. And then, Anne, how about with Junior Achievement? Somebody out there is listening or they're listening to the podcast after this and they want to um, get involved or learn more. How should they reach out? I would say show up, come to one of our events or one of our volunteer opportunities like JA or Hired or Bottles for BizTown. I'd also say volunteer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much. It can be intimidating, but 
It is easy. We prepare you and you'll make the difference in these kids' lives. And then lastly, consider giving us a gift. And so it's not too late to take advantage of that 2018 tax credit. Right. And so you can do that all the way through tax day. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of it. All of that can be found on our website, jaaz.org. You can find out about events or giving us a gift or all that good stuff about our programs. So great. Well, thank you so much, ladies. And um, it was wonderful having you in today. I loved the, um, like I said, I loved the synergy between the two organizations. That's awesome to hear that JA is already taking advantage of Lodestar's services. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's great. So thank you so much, ladies, for being here with me today and sharing, uh, sharing your stories and how both organizations are making that impact in the community. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So you've been listening to three see Amplified, uh, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStrumps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a digital marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Mm-hmm.